Who are some of the worst customers? People who have not a Karen in the world. This is Sexy Dad Jokes. This is Johnny Spaz. Welcome to Sexy Dad Jokes. Hey, Benjamin. I was shopping for power drills, and when I got home, I really had to use the bathroom. Oh, no, Johnny Spaz. What'd you do? Well, I went and I made a home deposit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look out. Nice one, Johnny Spaz. You know, I was grocery shopping recently, and when leaving, the cashier asked if she could check me out. Oh, wow. How uh, helpful. What did you say? Sorry, I'm taken. <laughs> oh, that's that's bad, man. That's that that's bad. Hey, hey, guys. Guys, you remember that one story of us all going to the mall on Black Friday? No. Oh, you don't? Well, let me retail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right, all right. All together now. Happy holidays, everyone. It's December 9th, 2020, and we are in the midst of the holiday craze as everyone is out buying presents, decorating their houses, and preparing for the fat man to break into your home in the middle of the night. And don't forget about everyone forgetting there's a virus out there. Way to be a Grinch there, Merz. That's me, realist, pragmatic, lobbyist, and also a very punctual guy. <laughs> Too punctual. <laughs> Look out, Merz is coming out of nowhere. Just be ready, guys. Winter is punning. What? You know, winter is coming. Winter puns is coming. Game of Thrones reference. Oh, is, is that still a thing? Nerd! Okay, fine. There's one. Okay. Why is winter always the least popular time for a wedding? Oh, boy. Why? Cold feet. Oh! Kind of like that uh, winter pun. I think it's pretty uh, cool. Oh, wow. Really? Anyways, (sighs) fellas, uh, despite Murr's trying to stay with the times a year or two too late, mind you, we are in the midst of this hectic holiday craze. Even during a pandemic, everyone is trying to have some normalcy in their holiday activities. But just remember, everyone, the holidays are a time of family and giving. You don't want to be the one giving or receiving the dreaded C-word disease around your loved ones. We have a lot of reason for optimism. with some great news about the vaccines that are under development. And I'm holding out hope that things will be better in 2021. But until then, we need to stay alive so that we can be there to enjoy it. So stay safe, keep your distance, wear the mask, but most of all, have happy, healthy holidays. I don't, my family doesn't know what we're doing, but uh, things have, I think we're still kind of doing something until January 4th in Washington. So we may not be getting together over the holidays, which is kind of an odd and new thing for me. Yeah, that sucks. It's just going to be me and my immediate family. It's like 
usually there's like 30 people around and now this time it's like six and it's all just like mom, sister, brother-in-law kids. Yeah. That's, I think that's what we're doing too is core immediate family, right? That's, that's going to be the plan. Uh Um, but that, and we didn't do anything for Thanksgiving. So, wow. Nothing really. Uh, Well, I mean, I ate at my place with everybody here, but I didn't, do anything with my parents or my brothers, which is yeah. again, I guess that's already happened, right? Like we didn't get together yeah. for Thanksgiving. So yeah. weird time. We'll see. It's kind of up to mom. That's kind of the thing. Mom's the matriarch. You're not the first, second, third, fourth, or even fifth person I've heard with that story of at least similar to that, which is wow. You know, I don't know. I mean, we still talk, we talk a lot, so it's not, no, that. I'm not saying for you personally. I mean, the fact that, so many people doesn't matter where you live and where what part of the country you're from it's all the same kind of story here in washington there the governor's asking us to to be on lockdown and not gather thanksgiving was a bummer i'll I'll say that my mom helps watch my daughter she's got grandparents who are looking out for so our our bubble is a little expanded but we're very careful about keeping that bubble intact and so then we can celebrate within the bubble, but really we have to keep it within the bubble. What a weird time this is. Well, you know, it's funny because we, we call it uh, core people. Who's your core people? Yeah, like, yeah, right? core, that's, a, yeah that's a good one. So the kids get like a, a neighbor friend or something because they got their kids are kids. You can't control them constantly. They're going to go and hang out with somebody, but if they know they can go hang out with their core people hmm. and that's all that they expose themselves to because they understand how uh, important or heavy the situation is, yeah. then which it, just worked really well to say, Hey, you get one friend to hang out with and obviously your immediate family, but that's households and whatnot. So right. you were talking about the governor, Ben, in your state and that they're like pushing for, what did you say? Mask mandates and social, dis- uh, no gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. You know what our governor did? Ron DeSantis. He uh, sent a raid party to the chick who was reporting on the scientist that was reporting honestly on COVID-19. So they raided her house and pointed guns at her kids. And Holy uh, now I heard she can spend up to five years in prison for something that they're trying to swing on that. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that's DeSantis for you. Wow. It's real responsible leadership there. That's cool. Yeah. Yikes. Well, it's a strange time, but we're all doing our best and we just got to keep at it. I really do think things are going to get better, but we got to hang on and make sure we're alive for it. So anyways, we have been getting some great feedback from past episodes for the show. And uh, it's it's an exciting time for us. This is what episode three, four, if you include the pilot. We've come a long way as a podcast. It's really great to know that people are listening and re- seem to be really responding well to it. And it's what keeps us going. So um, in particular, I'd like to highlight this one voicemail we got from Paula in Everett, Washington. And this is her response to a segment from episode one, Meat, Potatoes, and Toxic Masculinity, when Mers told his story about getting called out for addressing a group of women as you guys. Let's listen. In response to what 
Merz was talking about with the Hey Guys uh, discussion, which was really awesome. When as a as a female, um, especially with the specific situation that Merz had described, when like a guy comes into a room like that and says, "Hey guys," like I personally don't usually take offense to it, but there is kind of this like subliminal reminder that, um, especially in like politics and the business world and whatnot that those spaces were historically held by just men. And so as a female, it feels like a little reminder that, like, I'm occupying space that a man historically has been in. So I got to have to, like, like overprove myself or something along those lines. So just wanted to add that. Anyways, uh, great job. Just uh, think you're doing awesome. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. So the thing that really stood out to me with that specific call. I mean, all of it is <clears throat> good feedback. The one thing it's like, I was sitting in a seat that was historically a man's or I forget exactly what she said, but it was that I was like, wow, that's crazy to think, you know, it was uh, a reminder that this space has traditionally been occupied by men. Yeah. And it's because just, that stuck out to me too. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's, trying to think about like, what cause I work in a, I work in a school system and I'm in a room full of adult women and it's just me, the man. And just today we were making, they said something to me. They're like, you're a man. Don't you know everything? I was like, that's super sexist. <laughs> and we all had a laugh and we were joking about it. But um, now we play on the sexist joke funds cause I'm severely outnumbered. I don't know. It's just, it, 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 make, it makes you think it's like, what is it like to be in that position? Of yeah, you know. I wonder what it would be like to be reminded of that if you were in a traditional space for women, like teaching. Yeah, you know, that's where I'm at. I'm very aware of that. That's why it's kind of humorous that you yeah, yeah, a traditional <laughs> space for women. Exactly, and you're invading that quote-unquote traditional space, and then they made a sexist. Don't you know anything? Ever? Don't you know everything anyway, man? <laughs> that's a funny like, yeah, man explain it to us <laughs> yeah they know i'm all skin so it's all good <laughs> but i mean getting back to to paula's point you know it's that happens all over the place in offices all across the country yeah you know as a man i don't really i don't think about that because i don't have to but that's really like a form of of male privilege that i don't really have to think about it unless i'm I am going into a space that's traditionally occupied by women, but I mean, that's a different scenario. You know, think about all the things people don't have to think about. So when you make an argument about something they don't have to think about, it almost like it's not real because they've never thought about it, not realizing that they've never had to think about it. I, so I think as far as Paul's concerned, no, I don't, I, that's never struck me. I can't think of a time. I'm trying to think of a time or how I relate to that. That's, I guess mm -hmm. why, or what I'm trying to figure out, like, Huh, so that's how it strikes you is this is a space traditionally occupied by men. And I I don't that just stuck with me from that voicemail. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Paula. That was really enlightening and made us think about something that we hadn't dawned on us before. So Johnny, you said you got a text from a friend of yours after our last episode. Yeah. Um <clears throat> a, a friend of mine who's become a pretty close friend, um, uh, was talking to me about, well, he kind of knew my situation with all that whole thing. And after he listened to that podcast, he said, uh, here, let me, I'll quote it. 
directly. He said, holy shit, I just got through the second half of the episode, the bit where that call between you and Ben gets played. I wish I could have been more supportive of you through that time of your life. For one, it makes me feel good to know that they're actually listening through the show. <laughs> and then to get that kind of feedback, it was like, wow, you know, what a, what a good feeling to have, like, he didn't owe that to me. Yeah. You know, that's not something somebody owes you. And then when they offer that up, it's like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's like that you put in your reserve tank for when you ain't got nothing left to handle shit in the day, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's- yeah, to me, it was, a, it was already worth it to me to get that one. Just if I had just that one thing and there's been more and I'm grateful for all, all of it, but that type of thing, you know, it makes me, I don't like to be, I'm not extroverted in a way where I want to discuss my family dealings, but I thought it would be useful. So I did. And it it had some reward, which kind of, I've kind of grown in a way as a result of that experience. Right. And that was coming from the discussion about your uncle and how Trumpism has divided your family. Yep. All right. Well, thank you everyone for your amazing feedback. It really warms us up to hear from you folks. And since we're talking about feedback, if you want the chance to be a part of the SDJ experience, we may read your comments or include your voicemails on our show. So feel free to to leave a review or comment on social media or email us anytime at info at sexydadjokes.com. You can also go to the website and click on our voicemail button and we'll check out what you have to say and maybe even include your feedback on the air, just like we did with Paula. So. It's the holiday season, and while many of us won't be gathering with our extended families this season, those in our households are still stocking up on supplies to eat, drink, and be merry together. Man, this place is busy. Grocery stores during the holidays are so cramped up. You got all these customers just crawling over each other to get to that last thing they desperately need. Nothing brings on the holiday cheer like a Karen thrown a fit. Hey, Spaz, how'd you know my wife's name? Richard Richards III! What a, um, surprise to see you here. How many times do I have to say it, Spaz? It's Richard Richards III Jr. (laughs) (laughs) And don't mind me, I'm just doing some last-minute emergency shopping. Emergency shopping, huh? Must be pretty uh, important to be in a grocery store during the holiday rush. Oh, yes, indeed, Spaz. So important that I needed to make sure this place had everything I needed. If a box boy wasn't able to find what I was looking for in the back, I made him and his manager double check. I'd have the whole store look if I had to. Richard, did you seriously just ask the manager to look for something for you? That's not all, Spaz. That beatnik box boy was telling me that the scotch was no longer on sale. I knew he had to be lazy and lying, so I asked for the manager to verify that indeed the sale was still on. He seemed hesitant to do so, but in the end, the customer is always right. Dude, these retail employees are in a real tough spot right now. They gotta deal with pandemic panic shopping in addition to... The holiday rush. And they probably have no hazard pay. The last thing they need is you being a Keith right now. I'm not a Keith. I'm a Richard. (laughs) (laughs) That's not... uh, Never mind. 
What exactly are you buying all this stuff for anyway? Well, I shouldn't really say, but I'll let you in on a little secret, chum. You see, the Red Menace <laughs> is secretly getting ready to give the U.S. of A. a nuclear winter for Christmas. And I will be hiding out in my manly bunker with supplies to last for generations. <laughs> What's so funny, Spaz? Richard, are you seriously telling me you're a doomsday prepper? <laughs> Why, yes I am, Spaz. I always think it's the bee's knees to be fully prepared for any situation. Especially when it comes to those crazy commies. <laughs> Richard, bruh, there is no nuclear winner and the Soviets aren't coming for you. The only red threat is this pandemic. Speaking of which, why are you allowed to shop here without a mask on? Ah, it's a trick of the trade, Spaz. It's a very simple thing. If a clerk doesn't want my business, stupid mask or not, I simply say one magic word to get what I want. Do tell. What is the magic word, Richard? Lawsuit! <laughs> Richard, why can't you just help your fellow man and follow one simple guideline? It's Christmas, for God's sakes. Language, Spaz. Uh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> That's the holiday spirit, Spaz. Tis the season to be censored and jolly. <laughs> Whatever. So let me peep at your shopping cart here. Square 50s guy, Richard. All I see here is scotch, rum, club soda. Of course, cigarettes, tobacco pouches, whatever that is, matches, and an entire box of Skittles. <laughs> you can't live off the stuff in a bunker. Where's your precious milk, Richard? <laughs> well... I'm not bothering to get milk because that's what we have milkmen for. <laughs> so, milkmen will still be delivering milk during the nuclear winter? Don't you give me the royal shaft here, Spaz. As long as I have my smooth, mild Chesterfields, I have all I need. <sighs> Enough of the tobacco talk! I can't even believe I have to explain this! You know that smoking tobacco won't keep you alive, right? And that it will actually give you, like, up to ten forms of cancer? We already had this conversation. Perfunctorily puffing on my perfectly packed pipe <laughs> is as much ritual as it is relaxation. That's satisfaction <laughs> you get when you pack your bowl just right. The whoosh of the match and the sound of the leaf's first scalding tantalizingly transforming the tobacco into the wonderful aromatic fragrance. Smoke that pipe with your afternoon highball in your armchair, and you've got a magical Monday. <laughs> oh, Richard, for the record, according to the CDC, tobacco smoke has at least 70 chemicals that cause cancer. Seven zero, Richard. Cigarette smoking causes about one out of every five deaths in the U.S. each year. Nearly half a million people. I don't need to know about the CDC. All I need to know about are my ABCs and 123s. Oh, jeez, Richard. Don't you know a real man is a guardian who takes care of his body and those around him? Anyway, can you make sure you're respectful to these incredible workers who are risking it all just so you can be here buying your poison? <laughs> Treat them with respect and kindness and not panic disdain. 
remember that we're in this together and putting out kindness in the universe will return kindness back to you, buddy. Spoken like a true diplomat. Maybe you're not a complete party pooper after all, Spaz. And to think, I was about to head to the deli to find you a knuckle sandwich all wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Enjoy your shopping spree, Richard. And don't forget your red, white, and fruit cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Golly gee, that Square 50s guy is sure a character. A little old-fashioned but we love him anyway. I'm just glad I didn't go and fart on the grocery store intercom. (laughs) Open mouth! (laughs) Oh my God. So retail work has been in the news lately, or more so in the news since the beginning of this pandemic, with discussions of essential employees, hazard pay, chaotic shopping, which are all affecting retail workers in stores across the country. Retail workers are now more than ever dealing with major hardships while on the job. Johnny Spaz, you bring up a really important point. Well, besides the fact that tobacco will, duh, kill you, when we're out shopping, we don't always think about the people who are on the job. When I go shopping and I'm at the checkout, standing behind the sheet of plastic or whatever is over there, it occurs to me how much the person behind the counter is risking to be there. I mean, good chance that they're interacting with someone infected with COVID at some point. And they're probably not getting paid a salary and benefits that reflect that risk and probably don't even have sick leave. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the job that I currently have, if I don't work, I don't get paid. So, Mm. and for, for any of the qualifying insurance benefits that you get, like out of work, like they have a thing that you pay into out of each paycheck that'll... You know, if you're out of work for 15, you can choose a plan. It's 15 days or 30 days you're out of work and then it'll start paying you. And then that runs out and you have to sign up for the long-term one. But then that's like another process. So it's not, you know, you do it and you take it because it's all there is, but you can't live off that money and you can't survive off that. It's a drop in a bucket. Right. And you've got folks who are out there just trying to make a living, trying to pay their bills and risking it all because that's the way the system works. And, you know, we have like a government mandate to stay home and to isolate. And yet we haven't seen much government help, particularly in in more of these redder states and certainly from the White House and federally. Yeah, I think that's important. The way that we're distributing funds to quote unquote small businesses uh, versus larger entities. And then, of course, it seems that those of us that aren't so fortunate to have those jobs that pay a very livable wage are either still working or at 60% of that barely livable wage, if you're even making that, how are you going to survive on a little more than half? Yeah, I can't even survive on full, yeah. like you said. <laughs> yeah, people are struggling, like seriously, like panicked. I'm privileged in that, you know, I don't have like the greatest fanciest job but in my like independent consulting work i'm able to work from home a lot but not everyone has that privilege and i'm seeing like people all around me in my circles who are you know one person just got covid laid off and she's like i I gotta leave the country i can't afford to live here damn And, and just people are 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 desperate and it makes sense why they're desperate so many have lost their jobs But 
What we want to focus on in this episode is those who are out there on the front lines doing the work and holding it down. I mean, they're essential, right? That's kind of what I see. And if they're Mm -hmm. so essential, then we should be taking care of them. I mean, I know people Mm -hmm. whose kids have like diabetes or other immunocompromised problem. I don't know how to say that correctly, but the point is they're more at risk and they still have to go to work. And it's like they're being exposed even though they can't avoid it, I guess. Yeah, I'm immune compromised and I... I don't have. A, I mean, I don't really have. When I say I don't have a choice, I mean, no matter what job I take, I'm going to have to be exposed to it, and for non-livable wage. That's just my reality now. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a crazy time for workers, and so since we're discussing retail work, we're bringing in a special guest for today's episode. In fact. He's actually the grandson of our beloved Richard Richards III Jr. He's a hard-going retail worker, and I'm sure he's got plenty of stories to tell. Everyone, please welcome to the show, Josh Richards. Welcome to the show, Josh. (sighs) Thank you all for having me. Uh, It's great to be on the show. So tell us a little bit about your background in retail, Josh. Well, um, I work for a, a retail chain that's a, kind of a one-stop shop. Basically, you can get anything in one store. We have grocery mm-hmm. departments, an apparel department, mm-hmm. home, home electronics, the works, all under a big corporate chain who shall remain, you know, <laughs> nameless. But um, I've been working in retail for uh, six years now. I can say that you know, this current pandemic time has definitely been the biggest uh trying to be uh, as sensor friendly as possible mm. uh, pain in the keister uh, that I've ever flipping felt in my life. And I've worked <laughs> over Ooh. six, almost seven holiday seasons and snowstorms. And currently right now it's been, <laughs> it's been a heck of a run. That's for sure. And that's been me in a nutshell. Mm. Now, would you say that it, there's a fair amount of toxicity in retail when it comes to your lovely customers, Josh? Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, for us employees, if uh, <laughs> we aren't dealing with toxicity from the big wigs, uh, we are more than dealing with that with our, uh, our lovely, lovely customers. <laughs> and would you say, Josh, that the toxicity has increased during this pandemic? Well, more than you know, man, more than you know. Uh, of course, it's not just at my store that this uh, customer craze took a, a mass upheaval during the pandemic. I mean, uh, you have a, there's a video I think you have of a, of a certain customer incident during this COVID era that uh, I think shed some light on this whole thing. Mm. Yes. The infamous Costco Karen incident. We'll talk more about that, but first it seems like We've been hearing a lot about Karens lately. So, Josh, can you tell us what is a Karen? Well, uh, many would say Karenism, if you will, really became a thing with uh, Central Park Karen. Mm. That's the that's the one for those who don't know. It was the woman who called 911 claiming she was being threatened by a black man who was out bird watching. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes, that infamous moment. That, that was from back in May, so we're going to play a clip from that. Would you please stop? Sorry, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. 
sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. I'm taking a picture and calling the cops. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. There's an African-American man. I'm in second part. He's recording me and threatening myself and my dog. <laughs> and my dog. I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man into the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. I don't know. Thank you. Okay, so here's how Wikipedia describes a Karen. Karen is a pejorative term for someone who believes themselves to be entitled or demanding beyond the scope of what is appropriate or necessary. The meme evolved to depict the white woman who uses her privilege to demand her own way at the expense of others. So I think Karenism could be seen as sort of white fragility, a sense of entitlement, an abuse of white privilege. And even I'd go so far as to say weaponizing and uh, perverting the feminist movement. So Ben, I, I get Karenism, but isn't there a male equivalent to that too? I mean, I've heard of Ken and I've heard Keith, but I'm kind of caught between is it Ken or Keith or whatever we want to say. Yeah. Now a, a Keith or a Chad, I would say is the the male version of that or so the memes go. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, when it comes to that, uh, they kind of have a bunch of different names, Chad's, Keith's, Kevin's, uh, the list goes on, but it's all the same. For lack of a better term, disgusting creature, (laughs) Mm. bottom line. So now how does this play out in stores? Well, so we've got some great examples of some customers behaving badly. Let's listen. Start off first with Costco Chad. Oh boy. You're harassing me. I'm not harassing you. You are impacting us. You're coming close to me. You're coming close to me. Back off! Threaten me again! Back the f***ing phone down. Woo. Oh, there's a winner. You have to beep some can of that. You, can, yeah, coming in hot. So it's a video, and I haven't seen that one. Uh, where, what is the setting and context of that video? Oh, he's in Costco, and he's like sitting there, and he's all, uh, uh, you know, like the bodybuilder that you see cartooned out where his arms are shouldered out and squared yeah. off. Uh-huh. And he like does that whole flexy thing where you put your arms out with your fists and He's coming at the guy, shoving his face into him like a chicken or a rooster or whatever yeah. other word means rooster. And uh, yeah, sort of, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah that's it. And uh, so he's just he's saying, "I feel threatened," and he's flexing and jumping he's doing towards a, the guy. A false charge. Yeah, a false charge. He's puffing exactly. out his chest. The big bump, like the huh. yeah, yeah, puffing out his chest and like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I feel threatened. I feel threatened, and it's like, well. Uh, to me, okay, so so that kind of circumstance where somebody's doing that to you, I go, well, if you really felt threatened, wouldn't you be striking by now? Because mm-hmm. that would be my response. If I really felt like I was under attack, I'm not going to, like, that's it. I got to defend myself. Instead, he's being aggressive and intimidating. Yeah. And that's the exact opposite. Well, not the exact opposite, but that's a, an odd response to me if you truly feel threatened to then threaten back and be mm-hmm. aggressive. But Do I don't know. It's just a weird, vi- it's a, it's a funny video to watch this guy go nuts in the middle of a Costco. And you're like, 
Wow, dude, what are you in the cage fight or what's going on? Sure. How many uh, whiskey Lord. cokes have you had Roid today? Roid rage. Trying to be a, a warrior <laughs> yeah. out there. Do we know yeah. of any uh, female Karens that have gone um, aggressive physical? Wait, wait, before that, before there's we go into the, you know, the main event of the females, I mean, what's funny with that guy, uh, the Costco Chad, you know, he's acting like a jabroni, just you know, doing the fake charge stuff and everything. But then it turns out like about a week later, because that video went viral, he was an insurance agent and he actually lost his job because of him being an idiot on the internet. Hmm. So remember people, if you want to be entitled, there's consequences to that. There's a life lesson for you. Cue that the more you know. Just just desserts. Exactly. I wonder if they have any large size just desserts at Costco. They sell them in bulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he looked like he wanted to serve up a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, did, did somebody say knuckle sandwich? <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. Is he still here? <laughs> Your cool. uncle never leaves. He's not my uncle. I try oh. to disown him as much as possible. <laughs> grandfather. Oh, grandfather. I still love you. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's also the Karens, and I'm sure there's <laughs> plenty of examples of that out there, right, Ben? Yeah, well, actually, here's another example of a guy who got kicked out. He tried to out the employee, but the employee was just, like, not having it. I just put you on my 3,000 follower Instagram feed, mostly local. Hi, everyone. I work for Costco, and I'm asking this member to put on a mask because that is our company policy. So either wear the mask. And or... I'm not doing it because I woke up in a free country. Have a great day. So you're going to take this car from me. Sir, have a great Pull day. Pull stuff. You are no longer welcome here in our warehouse you need to leave thank you very Here, much you put it on i'll give you my card he's gonna take the card away because he's a there he is walking away with all my stuff there he goes because i'm not a sheep <laughs> he's not <laughs> it sounds like he's a sheep of a different flock yeah he's he's still a sheep <laughs> No, no, he's right. He's not a sheep. He's a lemming going towards the edge of a cliff. There you are. There he's you are. bad. Oh, <laughs> Costco Chad. He's a badass. He's a Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that what boy. Yeah. His favorite song is bad to the bone. <laughs> he's got bad blood. And some bad juju. <laughs> Because he, yeah. he got some serious Karen karma. Well, yeah, it's funny. He's got the sunglasses on him because you can't see the wool over his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that video there was, I find it funny that, you know, the guy's got a recording on his phone. And I think that's what his girlfriend behind him. And she's got this like, dude, really? Why are you yeah. doing this? <laughs> she's wearing a mask, face. too. She's wearing a mask, too. So it's just like, really? His ex-girlfriend, probably. <laughs> Okay, right. so we've got we got those kins behaving badly, but then of course there is the infamous Costco Karen. Now the audio isn't great on that clip, but basically you have a white woman at Costco refusing to wear her mask, claiming her constitutional rights are being infringed upon, and sitting down on the floor in the middle of a crowded store to throw a fit. Yeah, that. Talk about a truly stand-up American citizen. More like a citizen. Look out. Wow, oh my God, Johnny Spaz. We're trying to be somewhat family-friendly here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is family-friendly for me. (laughs) Not when you got Spaz and I around. I mean, just keep the drills handy. I'm sorry, they're a citizen. Especially uh, (laughs) when you could unleash Josh's retail rage at any moment. 
He ain't wrong there, Chief. He ain't wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I know that people behaving badly like this does elicit ridicule. But remember, folks, especially in such a divisive moment like this, we don't need to be name-calling. And I hope that this individual reflects on the impact she may have on others by not wearing a mask. But let's get into this. So we have a scene here where a customer is arrogant and not wanting to wear a mask or follow a simple direction because she says she's a quote U.S. citizen and then blaming people for masks and causing a bigger stir by actually sitting down on the Costco floor, making even more trouble for everyone involved. You know, it's crazy to think that a simple little mask can cause such a big uproar. Yeah, and the thing is, is that those customers look at us, the, you know, the retail employees and everything, and the minute we mention masks to them, they act like a flipping jabroni and start blaming us employees for this whole, you know, mask thing. I mean, it's your fault. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, we're the ones at fault for it. I wonder if people went to their job and told them how to do it, and then how they had to say something to you, how that would, you know, what's the alternate side to that? People don't think, but that was what we say. Like, I don't have to think about that. Well, people don't think about it. Yeah, I don't don't come to your house and tell you that you have to wear pants during your Zoom meeting with corporate. Oops. (laughs) 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 But, uh, no, no, in all seriousness, I mean, uh, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous how uh, we employees are the ones getting uh, blasted for having to try and enforce what is an almost mandate across the entire country, if not the entire world. You know, I mean, I actually had many a times early on in this pandemic where I was assigned to stand outside the front entrance of the store early in the morning for about eight hours straight and just hand out masks to customers who would come up and majority of them and i had the little sign next to me that said you know it says no mask no service which is an absolute crock because what happens is that even if they don't have a mask they can still come in and shop so Mm. the cake is a lie in that aspect but um you know they see the sign they see me and i you know with my mask and me just not having the most pleasing look on my face standing out there in the cold you know mm. for eight hours makes it seem oh I, got, I guess I should go grab my mask I forgot and they go and come back but you know occasionally somebody will come in without a mask and I offer them a mask and they say no and then they just walk in wow. and I can't do I can't do jack about it but I, I can't that's gotta know? be frustrating oh yeah it's it's well it's mainly frustrating when somebody brings it to my attention which happens a few times where Maybe somebody like a guy will just try and be friendly be like, really? You just can't, you know, what happens when somebody has to go into the store and they can't wear a mask and say, well, you just let them in. Like, wow, that sucks. And I'm like, yep, yep. But it's all I can do. Yep. Yep. I don't understand the mentality behind it. It's like, is money that important to the corporations running this, that they don't care about safety? Cause to me, once they find out, once one person knows that's of that, mindset knows that you don't have to then it's just over well yeah i mean there's there is that and i mean of course there will be no doubt a repercussion down the line when as my truly wonderful grandfather says lawsuit comes into play (laughs) but once that happens then you know a corporation will become you know a a puppy and roll on their belly like i'm sorry okay we'll do with something different (laughs) but uh you know it's until that happens it's just going to be that's just how it 
goes right now. But, you know, has there been any crazy customer stories? Uh, you could say it's kind of bad as, you know, the, the, the Chad incident in Costco and the Costco Karen thing, who, by the way, people who didn't see the video, she is having a mask holding, you know, hanging from one of her ears. So <laughs> it's, there's a bit of a counterproduction easy. there. Right. Yeah. But uh, there was two instances I can think of, of mask stories. One, I'll just say, I'll just quickly tell because I wasn't here, but apparently a gal was freaking out at a customer who wasn't wearing a mask. And so she was so upset that, and again, I'm just paraphrasing here from what I was told because I wasn't here for this. She got so upset that she thought, well, okay, well, look, she's just going to, this person who's not wearing a mask is just going to spread the disease. So I'm just going to do the same thing. Takes off her shoes and starts rubbing her feet on the flipping produce, like, this, like the cilantro <laughs> and eggplants and Ew. stuff. And she got uh, obviously kicked out, but she freaked out because somebody <laughs> was wearing a mask. And because of that, oh, fine, nobody gets cilantro. Did she have socks on? So there's that. So yeah, there's the cilantro. Gal. Ma'am, put the cilantro down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> I know you use your feet on your brother's eggplant, but don't use it on all of ours, please. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, jam's yeah. supposed to be on aisle four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet so, if they instituted my open mouth intake policy, <laughs> it would reduce oh, numbers. Goodness. <laughs> be careful! I think this gal might welcome it. <laughs> oh God! But anyway, I, but there's that story. But then the other one I had was. I walked in on this instance where I was coming out of the stockroom. I was on my break, walking out of the stockroom, and I see this guy. This guy's like almost like six foot five, a bit overweight, glasses, and you know he's wearing a red baseball cap, but it's not a it's not that red baseball cap. <laughs> he's not part of the red hat. Is coming the red hats are no, coming militia. He's uh, not part parade. of the red mess, No, but uh, you know he's saying these things. He, he's being a bit loud. I had like like headphones, and I pull him out, and then he's. Speaking loudly, I thought maybe he's like talking to a buddy across the way, staying like six feet safe distance, whatever. I look down and he's yelling at this young couple who aren't wearing masks and he's being completely triggered and, you know, pissed off about them not wearing masks, yelling at them. And everybody can hear this guy. I mean, people in the next state could probably hear this guy who's being so <laughs> damn loud. And he basically, before he walks away from me, he says, yeah, oh yeah, we're all going to die, but you're going to die first. And I'm like, wow, wow. So there's that. What? He starts walking away. But then another, <laughs> it's like a flipping Animal Planet documentary. Another, essentially a Costco Chad, comes into the clearing. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you shouldn't yell at people, man. And then, you know, it's flipping rude. And then walks away. And this guy who was yelling at the couple starts following him, like tailing him like a flipping predator or something. What? And then it follows him into, of all places, the toilet paper aisle. Yes, we still have one. <laughs> it's still functioning. And, you know, the guy turns around, the guy's like walking with his kid, turns around to this, you know, you know, pissed off baby in a guy's clothes being like, you follow me, you know, and all this stuff. And he's like, yelling at him and saying all this stupid stuff and saying, you know, oh, I bet you also voted for Hillary, huh? Blah, blah, blah. And people are, <laughs> videotaping this Hillary. thing on Snapchat, you know, on everything and, you know, Whoa. all this stuff. He's like, hey, you, you freaking harassing me in front of my kid, you know, and all that stuff. And then he's like, you know, F you and walks away and all that stuff. And I'm just like, I got close to, you know, it thankfully didn't get into a scuffle or else I would have had to, you know, call security. But it's just two, you know, jabroni guys just yelling at each other again about, of all things, having a mask on your face where, hey, it ain't raping your face, so what the hell's the problem? But, you know, 
whatever. So yeah, it's, I've had my few experiences to be sure. And it's, and here we observe the Costco Chad in the wild. Yeah, it is natural habitat. <laughs> now here we have the Chad trying to get his way to the alcohol. And here we have another Chad being territorial, coming in to be more hostile than the other. And here we have the typical cock off in the Costco. <laughs> and comes a gazelle. <laughs> here comes a gazelle. Here comes a gazelle. Look out! Look out! Look out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's more what I thought I'd get to was the uh, okay. So other people thinking that the person that's acting outrageous, like rolling their eyes behind them, type of a thing. Especially if it, they're they came in together. It doesn't have to be a couple. It could be two friends, whatever. And yeah. that's where you kind of get. When I have worked retail, which was recently, uh, yeah, you'd have the person up front at the counter, and then you'd have the person behind them, and it didn't really matter who was which. And the person behind them would kind of roll their eyes like, I can't believe they're doing this. I know we can't return it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's always, that has been a lot of fun for me to watch with people that come in together and how their peers react type of a thing to their ridiculousness. Yeah. I mean, thankfully we haven't had that in my store where, you know, other employees have acted a fool. Well, with... (laughs) about the mass thing with the exception of one time, which I'm, I'll, we'll get into in a later segment. <laughs> no, but, uh, but it hasn't been anything like that where, you know, we roll our eyes at, you know, somebody being stupid for mask reasons. I mean, we could definitely roll our eyes at people being stupid for other reasons. That's for sure. But nothing about mask wise. I mean, for us employees, it's we're in the same foxhole together during this whole <laughs> war against COVID, essentially. Mm. They're in a don't give a foxhole Mm. Yep. You got to truly love how united we are in this hecking pandemic. Yeah, we're really swimming in unity. It's not only the pandemic, though, right? I mean, retail workers have another big issue with like Black Friday and holiday shopping craze. Now, granted, Black Friday came and went, and it seems nothing's on fire. But beforehand, there was like a lot of fear as to how badly everything was going to go. You know, there was this thing I saw on NBC News talking about Mm. um, Black Friday in 2020 and how Black Friday could be good financially for a lot of businesses. But, and I quote, look at me smelling smart. While this might come as good news for brick and mortar stores that have been crushed by the pandemic, retail workers are nervous about potential onslaught of eager shoppers many of whom don't always follow special social distancing mask rules. And not only that's bad, but in general, retail workers are given a royal shaft (laughs) when dealing with customers. Glad someone is starting to catch my lingo. Lingo bingo for me. (laughs) Richard, Richard strikes again. Wait, isn't it Richard Richards the third junior? Don't tempt him, Mers. But seriously, though, retail workers have it tough. I mean, for God's sakes, we have a retail guy here who no doubt has hundreds of terrible customer war stories. Yeah, you got that right, brother. But it's not just me. I mean, like I said before, it's not just me. Uh, it's happening everywhere. Well, like, you know, I actually was reading this thing uh, before the show. It's from this thing, place called uh, Essential Retail. And it's in Australia. And it's talking about how uh, this is from this place here. More than 88% of surveyed members experienced verbal abuse from a customer in the past year. Wow. 15% experienced physical customer violence. Whoa. That's 15. 11% experienced sexual harassment or abuse. Jeez. 39% had been sexually harassed in the last five years. Whoa. Wow. 
36% of harassment was perpetrated by customers. Now, this is a survey that was done in Australia because apparently no one's got the stones to do it here in the States, but it happens everywhere as far as customers harassing employees for whatever reasons may be, which is kind of funny because you guys talk about toxic masculinity here on the show. It's funny how you know you have the old sayings of guys coming in saying, you know, I'm the one who brings home the bacon, mm, you know, yeah. or I'm the I'm the one who puts food on the table. Mm-hmm. I'm the whatever. Don't bite they, the hand that feeds you. Yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds you and all that stuff. Yeah, the breadwinner bread and all that. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But I'm the motherfucker who makes sure there's bread for you to bring home. Okay. Or I'm the guy who's actually allowing you to buy the bacon that you bring home. So yeah, if you weren't there, they wouldn't have it. Yeah. If I was in there, they wouldn't have it or he wouldn't be able to buy it. You know? So it was just like, you got to think about, you know, to quote, you know, Dwayne Johnson, know your role and shut your mouth. The guy with <laughs> the know? bacon wins. The right. guy with the bacon wins. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I even still, I still do it to the people that are working where I get my food from, especially the, the local grocery store. Cause I only live right down the street and I, they, they know not first name basis, but we know who each other are, you know? Yeah. It's always like the same couple of people in rotation, like the same four or five people. And I always say, I'm saying, you know, thanks for being here. I appreciate it because I can see in their face, like the people before me and what the person behind me might say or not say. So I try to, I'm real big on giving people acknowledgement. Mm. Goes a long way, you know? What, what is that? There seems to be this air of like, I'm, I'm better than you from the customer. All right. So within the last few years, I have worked a retail job. And it's funny because one of my managers and one of the upper managers used to say, how do you love those customers? <laughs> and then point at me because, <laughs> right? The customers. And he would point like double, <laughs> uh, double water all over my mind. gun shit. Right? Yeah, like <laughs> customers. And and he was a great guy, dude. He was in a punk rock band and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Awesome. Awesome guy to work with. But he was also my boss. The customers and is always right. He, he would be customers. <laughs> and I knew he meant it well. And it was supposed to like snap me out of being on the phone or being at the counter or whatever with these people that just come in. And I am already, you know, oppositional and defiant. And I mean, my fists are clenched white knuckles right now because I feel and felt like and try to remember that when I go and I see retail workers because it's as if they are mm. second class citizens. It's 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 as if we are second class citizens. The last one of the last paid jobs I've had was retail. And I did not think that was the job I was signing up for. I thought it was more a, a different kind, right? Like I was basically going and stocking shelves. Uh at like, uh, you know, a grocery store. So I'm going in and I'm putting Ritz crackers on the shelves and I'm like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. And I just got felt that way constantly. Uh, it's, it's service and that service equals servants. And I am not a servant to anyone, even if this is the, and I got told a lot, this is the job you signed up for. And I'm like, I did not sign up to be uh, verbally abused by people that I don't consider having the extensive vocabulary that I have. And if I can't use that back, then I have to sit there and smile and take all the abuse. I'm not down with that. You have to do because you're beneath me, right? Like you're less than me is a lot of it. Power trip. Exactly. And because they know that you can't say no and they know that you can't snap back. Mm -hmm. So they just, it's very 
toxic and dominating. Yeah, I don't work well with that either. I've quit several jobs for people trying to micromanage me. <laughs> I can't handle it. Management is a whole other thing, right? right? But just the customers when you're in retail. Well, I think it's the same concept, though. I mean, they treat you like trash and and if somebody's oh, micromanaging you like they feel like they can you're a number and you're a machine it is it is very similar that cog in the wheel feeling from management and from the uh the, the customers they they think that you just are a machine that puts out whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing whether it's stocking shelves ringing up a cash register answering questions you are a cog in that wheel and you are beneath and there's that sense of entitlement and the assumption of tiers of class so, I mean, really, MAGA, to me, right, is like, let's go back to that. Let's go back to the, to, to, to the, the second-class citizens being uppity, and it was okay to tell those second-class citizens, those servants, those service people in the service industry, that they need to go back and get in their place. I actually have a name for that, what I would call a syndrome of how those people like treat you as second-class citizens, and they don't have that fear of, um, I guess, reprisal or some kind of... Retribution, right. Retribution. You can't do anything to me. So I call it like behind the glass syndrome. So you think like people will look at, you'll, you'll watch these videos on YouTube of little kids standing near the glass at the zoo and the lion like tries to eat it through the glass and everyone's laughing. They're like, there's no, like they understand that there's no real consequence there. And, mm. and it's that mentality yeah. where these people can mm. come in and they can treat you because they know if you say anything, you're going to be the one to pay the price and they're just going to walk out. If they don't get what they want, they'll just go somewhere else and get it where your livelihoods at stake, am, probably. That's it. I think the glass is a great thing. You combine that yeah. with the mask mandate, and now you've got people coming in that aren't wearing masks, which is to protect mm -hmm. everybody around them, and they're expecting you, the, 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 the servant, the service industry, to continue to do your job the way it's always been done, but now there's a real threat if you're not wearing a mask. I mean, uh, you obviously don't understand who's in charge yeah. here type of a mentality, right? So they come in and you don't understand who's in charge here. You're not in charge here, employee. Right. I'm in charge here. And you don't pay me enough for me to go, oh yeah, you're in charge. Everybody's my boss. I'll do whatever you say because I am your servant. That's not me personally. I mean, other people are okay at it or good at it, but not me. What well, kind of sets the bar for when, it, when, when they do have some kind of interaction, it's going to be explosive and, and that's where people get you know, co real big consequences happen, whether it's physical or emotional or otherwise. Yeah, I I, th I think consequences is, a, is an important thing because this isn't even necessarily about the mask. Sure. Um, it's about those people coming in and the role reversal of mm -hmm. them being told what to do. Nobody questions wearing pants into McDonald's or into Costco or into Starbucks. Everybody wears pants. If you came up without pants, everybody would look at you weird and be like, dude, no, you can't come in here. So you're not being told that, but there's a behavior change where you are now being told that you have to do something that you didn't normally do. I don't get how, how that becomes a constitutional thing. Like this is part of your freedom of speech to not wear a mask. No, that's not. That's just what the label they use. That's like well, the I'm vehicle they use to. Very well aware. In, in other words, it's bullshit. That's just what the, that's what the parrot told them to say. Somehow that's part of liberty, right? No. Or a libertarian mentality somehow that you can't tell me to wear a mask to come into your private establishment. Let me ask you this then, not to you, Marsh, but to the people that would think that, um, is it against your liberty for the doctor to wear a mask when he performs surgery on you and to wear gloves? Is it against his liberty that he shouldn't have to do that because it's 
somehow infringes no, that's exactly his constitutional right. Like that's the argument's ridiculous. When I was growing up, I watched Mash because my parents loved it, and I ended up liking it too. Right? Yep. <laughs> Mash is awesome. Yeah. When you think about those nurses and doctors that were in those tents in those conditions, and they were wearing masks and gloves for upwards of 24, 36, sometimes 48 hours straight doing surgery, right? And that's what they were in, and they, they wore the mask the whole time. They did not wear the mask to protect themselves from getting sick by their patients. They wore the mask so that they wouldn't spread whatever they may have into their patients. And that's what we're talking about here. And I don't know if anybody else can relate to MASH like that, but I, I, doctors wear masks for eight-hour surgeries, 12-hour surgeries, 20-hour surgeries. The nurses and the support staff in that room wear the masks as well. Major Hot Lips doesn't want to wear a mask because then her name wouldn't make sense. <laughs> it makes all the more sense because now it's kind of secretive, right? Like this is the lingerie for Hot Lips is a is a nurse mask. Oh my god, the lingerie. That's <laughs> yeah. how we got to rebrand masks. Lingerie for the show mouth. me your lips. Let's hashtag that lingerie for the mouth. Your face key. Um, <laughs> yeah, tip five goals for a lip tease. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that's a great point because a real man takes care of others around him, mm. put on a damn mask and don't get other people yeah. sick. I got to wear a mask eight yeah. hours a day and it don't bother me. In fact, when it's cold out, it's actually kind of nice. Mm -hmm. I, I have some doctor friends and one of them made a comment that made me think of mash, but they weren't, they were talking about masks, but then I thought about it as we were talking on the phone and I spun off into La La Land as I have a tendency no. to tangent. <laughs> but I really wanted to remember it, so I wrote it down and kind of brought it to the show today about how, like, look, in MASH, they wore masks, not so they'd get sick, the doctors and nurses, but so they wouldn't get the patients sick, the people yeah. that they were trying to save. And doctors and nurses and all of our medical staff who are on the front lines are doing that. And the least that we could do is for our essential workers, when we go into a store, consider their family and wear a mask, just like the doctors and nurses and frontline employees and essential employees are doing right now to protect everybody around them. And if you want to be a guardian, that's how you do that. You think about everybody else mm. and yourself last. Yeah. But I think uh, going into, you know, sort of going back on why people yeah. are behaving the way the they do dynamic. with the power dynamic. Yeah. Um, I think part of it might be, and this is just from my own analyses of the whole situation from experiencing this as well, is that part of it may think that, you know, when you look at a retail job, be it, you know, you it, it a lot of times those kind of jobs are customer service based jobs, be it at a fast food joint or a retail store, those are kind of like your first job out of high school, hmm. right? Which is a stepping stone to you getting you know, after going through college, you eventually get to a higher position in a better company. And I think people a lot of times sort of look at retail employees and think that, oh, you're just a bunch of kids in this low rate job when even though there's that word that's flown around all the time now, it's essential because mm -hmm. we're the ones giving out food for people to bring home. We're the ones staying relevant here having toilet paper for people to use and bring home, right? And people seem to forget that, yeah, this is actually a real job and that we are working 40 hours a week, constantly, you know, 
I can speak for myself, especially, you know, physically beating ourselves up, not on purpose, to make sure the job gets done so that there's food and supplies for people to have on the table. But because people think it's not a real job, yeah. people can come in being customers and think that they know everything because, oh, well, now they're a, they're a dentist or they're this or they're that. And they know everything now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mess with dentists. Careful on the dentist. Don't mess with dentists. <laughs> I'm not going to, I know, I know, but yeah, don't mess with dentists. Right. Man. But you, you understand. I'm already missing teeth. That's I love my dentist. Love my dentist. Yeah, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, though, right? You know yeah, what I'm saying. I, mean, yeah. I do. It, yeah, they're in a job that's right. higher up than the retail worker in their mind. Yeah, I wonder how much of it too is sort of like the shit rolls downhill syndrome. Kick the cat. So you have kick the cat. It's like these cycles of abuse, right? <laughs> the yeah. where you know you get shit from your boss at at work. Or you get from your spouse or whatever, or your kids are yelling at you and you live in a society that's rigged against you in favor of, of the elite and the wealthy and not for regular folks like you and me. And so everywhere you turn, you're getting shit on, you know, mm-hmm. be it your boss or even in, in politics, our leaders being all over us, not taking care of the people. And then you go to the grocery store and finally... Finally, you have some power over somebody and you continue that cycle of abuse. Johnny, explain to kick the cat again for us. So basically the concept is dad yells at the mom, mom yells at the kid, kid kicks the cat <laughs> Yeah, because that's the hierarchy in the house. And it's a stereotype, but it's, it's just used as a concept, a conceptual thing right. to say, Hey, look. The shit rolls downhill. That's what it is, and it and it's always there's the hill seems to have no bottom. It's kind of like a inverted Mobius strip. And the retail worker <laughs> is is the cat in that scenario. Sometimes there's a long line of cats. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the retail worker is a cat, and then the Karen is the, the, the kid. Yeah. The kid. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so. Another thing to talk about is a customer on customer abuse <laughs> action, customer on customer action. Johnny, you got to talk about when you uh, texted me about that customer giving you grief that one time. Yeah. So I've committed to trying to live a healthy lifestyle because a real man takes care of his body and his health. Right. So I buy all these organic and healthy foods and uh, I was shopping a few weeks ago and this older guy came up to me at the grocery store, looked in my cart and said, I bet your wife sent you to the store with, a, with that list. That's not your typical man stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and well, at least he had his mask on. That's not a man's shopping cart. <laughs> Did you catch a glimpse of what was actually in his cart? Probably like Cheetos and beer. No, he didn't have a cart. He had a can in one of those small hand carrying mm. baskets. Now, see, I'd have been like, hey, joke's on you, buddy. I don't got a wife. Actually, your wife's the one that sent me to the store. Ooh. Deal! Ooh. Ow. Well, that's simple. Eesh. Come on now. Gosh, well, so there's just there's just so much freaking hate out there. So much hate. And when we're talking about toxic masculinity, we can see how there are men out there, much like managers, much like customers. Who think that they are always right or always trying to drop others around them down a notch. I mean, Josh, do you think the customer is always right? Hell no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
But these men, they're, they're so built up in toxicity. They can't even think differently. A real man should simply respect those who are helping them and understand when things don't go their way. Just because a store is asking you to wear a mask, that doesn't mean you should be acting out in aggression towards them. They're trying to protect themselves and those around them. A real man, as we've said many times, protects those around them, cares for those they love, and does what's necessary to ensure the safety of, and survival of their friends, families, and everyone else, even if it means just putting on a stinking mask. Yeah, I'm, I think that it's like it's very unevolved way of thinking, where it's almost like, I don't know, cookie cutter thinking. No. Here's your thoughts. Next in line. (laughs) It seems like there are a lot of winners and losers in this pandemic. And the winners, as has usually been the case, are those who are already comfortable and have lots of resources to weather this storm. And not only are they better able to hunker down during a global crisis, They are actually profiting and getting richer. A report put out around Thanksgiving by the Institute of Policy Studies finds that billionaire wealth has increased by $1 trillion. That's trillion with a T. $1 trillion. $1 million. Don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. Over the course of the pandemic, that's 1,000 billions. There's 12 zeros in a trillion dollars. You want Carl Sagan on them. (laughs) That's enough to give $3,000 to every living person in the U.S. Wow. So in the study, they track the net worth of more than 650 of the wealthiest Americans from March 18th through the end of November, which pretty much covers the pandemic. During this time, dozens became billionaires and 29 people, 29, two nine, doubled their wealth. Meanwhile, I can't pay my bills. Mm. Would you like an extra $250 a month? That's what $3,000 to every person in the United States is, and that is counting kids. So, The net worth mm. of these people, who you could fit into one big room, is also double the wealth of the combined half of America with the least amount of wealth. That's 160 million people have less wealth than these 650. Just mind-boggling. Mm. I like facts. Yeah. Did you see the demonstration that people did with like the bag of rice or it was like a visual concept of how like money and each grain of rice was worth like a hundred thousand dollars and they had like a five pound bag of rice. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. And I mean, these people filthy rich, doubling their wealth, getting even filthier rich and Johnny, you're getting your car repoed. You're, yep. you're busting your ass, trying to make ends meet, putting your life on the line, working at school. Yeah. 
just to point out, I never had a late payment in four years to getting repos. Because they couldn't keep up with the bureaucratic paperwork that said they were going to give you X amount of time as a federal idea or whatever when they were, everybody was giving a little bit of leniency and that leniency didn't catch up to the system. Well, Johnny, Johnny called them and said, Hey, I need, I need help. I need an extension. He did everything right. He did everything he was supposed to. And what happened, Johnny? You woke up one day. I, I went, I was getting ready for work. I was saying goodbye to my dogs as I do every morning. And I turn her, I locked my door. I turn around my car was missing. So I called 911 and the dispatcher's like, oh, your car got repoed. I was like, what in the actual fuck? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, well, and you had called them, right? And you had said, hey, I need a little bit of leniency. And they said, yes, I assume. Not they just one call. That. Several calls because every month I had to do it. So, and it was, they said, I said, can you make a note of this? And can you email me something to say that you made a note of it? And they're like, oh, we can't do that. I'm like, oh, great. I guess I'll just take your word for it. Wow. We'll just start recording phone calls. Just tell them I'm recording this conversation. Oh, well, <laughs> that's, that's what that's, I do. I yeah. mean, literally what I do. <laughs> yeah. that, well, you and know, not that you did anything wrong. Just, no, yeah. just it's a screwy circumstance. <laughs> you shouldn't have to do that. You should just be able right. to take it for what they say. No, especially exactly. during a pandemic. But you did everything right, and none of this is your fault. How does it make you feel to see these clowns becoming billionaires? Uh, I want to act like the, the the Karens in the Costco, but I feel like it's it's just <laughs> you want to throw a fit. I, it makes me. I can't. I, I I just. You know what I do? I say okay. I'm not going to invest any energy into this and it doesn't fix my problem if I freak out. And what I'll do is I'll try to find something happy instead and build the habit of doing that. Yeah. Did you, did you get, did everything work? What happened? Oh yeah. $3,000 later. So I got a, I got a, an SBA loan for about just over five grand and uh, mm-hmm. 3000 of that went to getting my car repo. But my getting my car back after I missed another two days of work and spent like six hours a whole day at the at the place where I had to go get it. Oh, which by the way was two hours from my house, so I had to get out there too, without a car. Without a car. Oh, uh, it's the it's the good old it's the what is that the poverty trap the poverty cycle. Yeah. Well, if you could just get here with if you could just get here within the next hour, yeah, I have to take three buses to get there. It's going to take me two and a half hours. Oh well, well, it's better than that because my my car impounded when it were repoed when they had it in the yard at the repo place. It was like ten minutes from my house max, but it yeah. was right there. And the guy even told me he's like, "You can come pick it here once you go through." So I went through the whole process, and I didn't find this out until I went to get uh, a money order because they wouldn't take in any other. I'm like, "Why can't I pay you with my debit card?" They're like, "Well, you can call your bank and cancel." I'm like, "No, that's not how debit cards work." <laughs> <laughs> we're running a legitimate business now. Give us a money order because we don't know I how can, debit cards work. I just—it's an instant transfer of funds. How how silly! Well, because they got, got you by the short ones. That's why they got you by the short ones. And then I—they said, "Oh, well, then you have to wait." Once I got like, I didn't start, get information that was pertinent. That once I accepted that thing that happened, I would get into a next phase, and that next phase had a hidden door behind it. Like now, behind door number two, behind door number three, we have a four or five, six hour wait here. And then, Oh wait, you're the person you got the money order from didn't put in the computer. Right. So we're not going to do it instantly. We have to wait three business days. 
And I'm like, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing was as, as bad as it could possibly have been given the situation that it was. And I'm just like, well, fuck I wonder it. if you can sue them. I mean, maybe, but I don't, I don't want to spend any more of my life on it. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? And there it is. That's how they get away. With I just it. don't want to, I don't want to give them one second more of my life. I'd rather just give them the proverbial finger and not to come here. One like Josh was talking about. Earlier. <laughs> so that's, it's predatory behavior to be targeting folks like you who are just trying to get by. And I can pretty much guarantee you your creditor. They're doing just fine. Probably. They're probably yeah. among those folks who are getting richer during this time. Man, I wish I had that recording of some of those conversations. We could have played it on here. That would have been great. So we <laughs> see who's winning. And the losers in this pandemic are regular folks like you and me. Hundreds of thousands who have died. Millions who mourn them. And those who have lost their jobs and can't make ends meet. Those who can't afford rent and are facing mass evictions. And those frontline workers who are risking it all so that company owners and debtors and executives can get richer while these workers are not even making a living wage. Now, how toxic is that? This is not taking care of your pack. This is not making sure everyone has enough to eat. These people who are profiting off of us are caged animals seeking to dominate us so that they can feast while we are all struggling and suffering. It's pathetic. A true American disgrace and not what this country should be standing for. Benjamin, you know, I'm generally a pretty chill guy. You know, yeah. I sit down, I spaz out on my guitar, play with my doggies. Yeah. I generally mellow dude, you know, and you your harmonica, you just, you're a pretty chill dude. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, exactly. See, just that's chill right there. <laughs> but a few things really fill me with rage more than thinking about these fat cats sitting in their mansions, laughing it up, drinking their crystal as they watch, you know, the wealth balloon. Crystal. <laughs> you don't even know how to say it. <laughs> I'm to see I'm so poor. poor. You don't even know how to say crystal. Crystal. See? Anyway. No, no. <laughs> use, a mid, use a mid-Atlantic <laughs> accent. I know you're in Florida, but use the mid-Atlantic Crystal. Please. So what we do? We don't want water. Okay. Yeah. You know, anyway, they're drinking up their crystal as they watch their wealth balloon while I'm over here busting my ass, risking my life for no money and barely making more than minimum wage. And I'm not trying to say I myself should be getting rich at a time like this. No, absolutely not. But these things are just so out of balance. You know, I don't want more than I, what I deserve or what I earn. Just, I, but as I watched the rich getting filthier and filthier rich or filthy rich, filthy rich, or, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we there. are out here, you know, putting it on the line. I, I, so I'll say this: you said something about I don't want uh, more than more than what I deserve or more than what I've earned, and I think that's the funny part because to me, the rich getting richer aspect is really shareholders or investors, um, and they really aren't working for what they're earning. 
So they have money to invest, which is very difficult to do when you don't have, or when you have a barely livable wage, right? Just a barely livable wage. If you have a barely livable wage where you can pay your cell phone and your rent and your insurance and your gas to get to and from work and some food, right? So you've got this just barely, and you could put away 3% of your paycheck every month, right? If, if that's even possible. But 3% of nothing is still nothing. And so if you're able to put away a little bit, you're never going to have enough, to, not never, but it's going to be very, yeah. it's going to take a long time to earn enough to save up where you can start really investing. So unless you're given that privilege, if you will, or if you're given that from a young age, or if you inherit that, or if you happen to win the lottery or something, but you have to have that money to begin with to really be making money right now. And that's not what's happening. And even the people that are on the front lines that we consider so essential and necessary to keeping our civilization moving forward and keeping us all fed and keeping us all within good health or as best health as we can, we aren't compensating them for taking these massive amounts of risks. Who we are compensating are those that were fortunate enough to already be ahead in the game and have a big pile of money to then invest. And now they are just getting windfall back on their investment. And the rest of us are getting nothing except for risk and risk and risk and risk and hardship and hardship and hardship and hardship and getting our cars repoed and going into work every day and having people cough in your face and, and treat you like trash because you're in a service servant position. And those folks that are profiting so much right now are not giving anything back to what is allowing them to mm. profit right now. So how do they expect their system to continue to perpetuate when they pay nothing back into it? And that's that's where I've got a big yeah. problem with well, this. That, like we have to. That's that's how they say that they have been able to double their wealth during this time because they are much more comfortable with with risk because they have the resources to be to be taking those risks. So when the the stock market crashed at the beginning of the pandemic, those were the guys who were like, okay, they're doubling down. We're going to buy right. stock when things are dirt cheap and wait for the bounce back. And that's how we're seeing these massive gains. And meanwhile, Johnny's losing his rig yeah. and Josh is getting paid maybe a buck more an hour if he's even lucky in retail. I don't even mm. know if he gets any compensation and he's not even buying a new car. I'm sure he still has the same used car that I know he's had for a couple of years. I've still got the same used car. Yeah. I, I don't have any money to go and invest. I don't have any money to go and do that. And with uh -uh. this dollar or two dollars hazard pay, uh, yeah. bull heck, then we're not. Th that's not compensating. And there's no way that the dollar forty dollars a week is going to invest in. I don't know Amazon stock because we know everybody's buying everything off of Amazon now because they can't leave their house. Right? Not everything. I know those are extreme words, but yeah. uh, Josh's forty dollars that he's getting extra a week isn't going anywhere. And obviously Johnny had to take a lesser job that he makes even less money than he used to. Yeah. So he can't just even pay for insurance. His, oh, just to have health insurance on top of it, just to have health insurance. Yeah. yeah. Which right. since I don't have my job right now, cause I lost it during COVID when everything shut down, mm. I lost my job at the same time and it was what it was. And, uh, I don't have insurance as we speak. Oh, wow. none. Why why we don't have healthcare? That's a whole other issue. But let's yeah. talk specifically now about the retail workers who are putting it all on the line. Josh, so you said 
your store is part of a big corporate chain. So I'm sure there's lots to talk about in terms of employees being exploited. Now, there's been some discussion recently on retail workers and the, I guess you can say, mythical hazard pay that everyone's heard about, but maybe not actually seen come to pass, at least not recently. Uh, Yeah, I mean, um, when it comes to exploitation, I mean, it's been going on way before the pandemic, at least in my experience, because I've dealt with a lot of managers. I mean, again, same company, same exact store, same department for over six years now. And I've gone through probably almost, I want to say eight, nine different department managers Wow. At a given time, you know, because they all just, you know, they all have separated out for various reasons, whether they quit or they've moved to a different store because it's closer to their house or they got demoted in some cases, um, you know, you name it. But there's an exploitation all the time. And I see all these managers and it's the same old song and dance where, you know, I mean, they barely lift a finger. They sit at a desk all day at a computer or they just chat. I mean, there was a long a time, a long time ago before COVID, we had an actual sit down dining area that got removed because of COVID. And, uh, you know, before all that, I mean, a bunch of the managers for the whole store would just sit at the dining area for about two hours and just sit around and talk. Meanwhile, I'm hauling down literally over 1000 pounds of ice front and back to a store, you know, and then staying, you know, having 10 hour shifts and ending up having a lot of, uh, prolonged physical damage done to me, you know, meanwhile, they're sitting around eating cake essentially. So, I mean, it's been going on for a long time. And as far as hazard pay goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, we had a hazard pay. I'm not going to say what, so nobody knows where that, where I worked. It was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. I mean, it was a small addition and it was only supposed to last for about two weeks, but because everybody kept saying, no, this isn't right. It kept getting extended on another week and then another week. And then it stopped. Oh, wow. And then that was that, you know, and it was like, even then, yes, it was added bonus for, you know, an hourly increase, but it's not enough when it's supposed to be, you know, compensation where they're talking, you know, Oh, compensation for these people who are on the front lines working and Hey, we're on the front lines of being exposed to a a deadly virus that can kill anyone at this point, not just elderly can kill young people as well and, or bring it home to a family member and then have them get it and then having them die. And then you have that burden on your shoulders. And so all the stress there and then dealing with the customers that we talked about, dealing with the physical pains. I mean, that added incentive is not going to be, you know, the added few bucks or whatever it is per hour is not going to be enough to pay for the physical therapy I need. So I don't have to wear knee braces anymore. The physical right. therapy, so I don't have to wear a back brace anymore. You know, all this stuff is just, it's not enough. Well, it's funny you mentioned hazard pay because I saw this article back in October from, was it, uh, Brookings, talking about how COVID-19 is still raging on. But, you know, sadly, hazard pay is still not happening. Here it is. I got it in front of me. There's actually a lot to digest with this article. It says that hazard pay is additional pay for performing hazardous duty or work involving physical hardship, 
Previously, it was associated with dangerous jobs in the military service, construction or mining, what have you. Uh, today, jobs as diverse as bus driving, warehouse jobs and grocery work now expose employees to the deadly risk of COVID-19. They say that over 50 million frontline workers are defined as essential employees. But since Congress has been, well, Congress, almost no continuous hazard pay is given when the virus is coming back with a vengeance. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Moscow, Mitch! Moscow. A global pandemic shuts down the economy, millions are out of work, and the Senate is dragging its feet and keeping people hung out to dry. But I don't know. That's probably a topic for another day, though. Yeah, it's funny you bring this up, Spaz. I saw something in the Washington Post that covered something fairly similar. They also quote a report done by Brookings talking about profits for corporations during the pandemic, saying profits rose a combined 16.9 billion, or 39% this year. But the average pay for frontline workers is only up a dollar eleven an hour, or ten percent since the pandemic began. Hmm. So profits are up forty percent, pay is up ten percent. Right now, now figure out why they doubled all of their their holdings or their 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 wealth. Right? Yeah, and those numbers don't necessarily reflect just percentage points. It's like ten percent of their pay is increased, but thirty nine. So that thirty nine percent could be vastly. In- disproportionate very difficult to, to correlate pay. exactly yeah. where those I numbers mean, come from it, it's not just that they're i mean yeah so there that's it's disproportionate for sure so as i read onward it seems like a lot of corporations have not done as much as they probably should have for associates and i think that's where the problem is here's your cut of what's coming in and then you're being subsidized with hazard pay and interest-free loans, yet you're going to take that money and not distribute it to the employees that are taking all the risk. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's clear that there are a lot of things that haven't been truly looked upon during this pandemic. But thankfully, we have a retail guy here who can break things down with us. So Josh, what can you tell us from this pandemic war front? <laughs> well, it's kind of a lot of stuff that I've brought up earlier is that, you know, the any sort of bonus or small, small fractional pay increase has just not been enough. It just really isn't enough when you look at, you know, all of the risk that we take with the job already, with my case anyway, and then also looking at the fact that we are dealing with the virus and that with my store and the companies that it represents, there isn't a crowd control system in place where there isn't a, we only are allowing a minimum of a set amount of people in the store at any given time. It's well, come one, come all right. And then it's just can be overpopulated with a bunch of people. And there is no social distancing in any single regard in any way, shape, or form, because even when you go through the the check stands, you know our system is we have a bagger and a cashier, and the cashier has that little glass barricade thing, but they still have to go around to, you know, to hand you your receipt, right, or to hand you the cash back that you want. Or mm. the bagger, they don't have any protection; they just gotta they have their bare hands and they gotta put your stuff in the bags and put them in your cart, and you walk right by them by, and they have like minimal at max two feet separation that's it and then with me i mean i'm in the aisles and there's no 
distancing whatsoever. People get right up next to you because they have to have that one thing of string cheese, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's just an example. It's ridiculous. And then managers, I mean, they, they just don't do Jack. They, they just don't. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't, mm. they don't know what they're doing. They don't have any plans. They, they just try and skate by until, you know, a lawsuit comes up and then they'll make a change. We call it polio string theory. Yeah. And what's ridiculous is that, again, they have no plan and they freak out when things they don't understand come up or when they think what they believe is right. There's a story I got where early on in the pandemic, way before masks became a thing for our store, you know, when COVID-19 made itself known early March or so and the threat became real. I decided because I live with, you know, my folks that, hey, I know my dad has not been the healthiest guy and I want to make sure that I don't bring something because I'm now one of the only people who actually goes out to work. My dad does too, but he's in a small secluded office where there's only like one or two people. That's it. Mm. Whereas I'm literally in the trenches. And so I decided to start wearing a mask. I had an N95 mask and I started wearing it. Literally, I was in that store working, and the store director, so the head honcho, saw me numerous times. Numerous times. We're like far and six feet away in the stock room and all that. Doesn't say a thing. And then I go have to answer a backup bagger call. I'm walking. I have the work phone in my pocket. It goes off, and it's my immediate boss. She calls me and goes, hey, Josh, are you sick? No. Well, why are you wearing the mask? Because I live with essentially immune compromised individuals. Oh, well, the store director says you should take it off because unless you're part of the sick population, you shouldn't wear a mask mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to intimidate the customers. And I'm like, wow. Well, that didn't frustrate me as much as you had this grown man in his 50s see me and he couldn't just go, hey, Josh, you know, and yell from across the way. And he had somebody else do it. That pissed me off more like really you don't have the stones to just talk to me i know it can be in- intimidating but come on you should have rubbed your feet all over his produce but <laughs> 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 yeah, then ironically a week later what pops up on our in-store website for associates that hey yeah we're allowed to wear masks now yeah wow so it's just like i foresaw this y'all gave me crap for one day and then the next, you know, next week, ah, they don't know what the hell told. they're doing. They don't well, know what I, they're doing. See, what I know? get from that is, is we don't care about you or your family's health. We want to have a good store image. Yeah, that's what I got from mm-hmm. that. That jaw, you are so unimportant to that jaw. Fashion over function. That if you take the time to wear a mask and you're going to make that decision, and there's nothing in the company policies that say that you shouldn't or can't wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Your store director calls your manager to tell you that when you go in front of the public, not to wear a mask, because in my humble opinion, that seems like we want to protect our image rather than we want to protect our employees, rather than we want to yeah. protect our employees' families, rather than we want to protect even our customers. We would rather protect our image. Priorities, and, right? Oh, wow. Priorities indeed. Yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous that that's kind of how it happened. But then they got their, you know, foot shoved in their mouths when, the, or in their produce in this case, when, <laughs> you know, the, everybody now has to wear masks and they had people out on guard duty. You know, it's always the same old song and dance. Well, you have all these managers, all these PICs, you know, persons in charge. That's the name for them or whatever coming PLSs. in. And thinking, yeah, they got 
Yeah, exactly. Point they of all sale? <laughs> No, birds. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that no. guy. <laughs> yeah, they actually don't do sales. They expect you to do them. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> right. But they have all these guys, not guys and girls as well. Got to be diverse here, right? Who come in with these superior titles, right? Manager, people in charge, what have you, and they think that they just now know everything because they are a entitled a boss mm-hmm. when they're not and they have all these dreams and ambitions and talk all this stuff like oh i gotta make the store better make it rise from the ashes and it's you know the scene from rogue one all over again where they talk crap and i just gotta go be careful not to choke on your aspirations manager <laughs> and walk away right? be careful not to choke on your aspirations director why did disney stop selling the darth vader toys i i honestly don't know why i I don't i don't know why choking hazard (laughs) 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 i thought it went good there come on i got a few of them that was good that was good don't choke on your aspirations though i think i i actually like that line from the rogue one i really thought that was great great. and I totally, yeah, with managers, it, don't choke on your aspirations. Come in and then just order everybody around because all of a sudden you have power. Because that's what mm-hmm. this is all about. This is this consistent theme is the power. You made me think of boss and name only. <laughs> it's a bino. <laughs> yep. A bino. They don't mentor you. They don't, yeah. Mm-mm. What do you think is going on there? Is it like... Like you're this lone wolf in a pack of fake alphas out there. I mean, that's a, a lot of ways that, I mean, you got people who come in, they've never worked in a department in their life or they come from, you know, apparel. So clothing and they come in and work grocery, which is a whole different beast altogether. I mean, because they're not listed as a manager of some sort or an assistant manager, they now suddenly think that what they say is scripture. But then anytime they've made a decision, almost immediately, like within a few days or so, it comes back to bite them in the ass all the time, all the time it's happened. And I just got to sit there, you know, as the veteran, just sit there and just roll my eyes and go, saw that coming. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, if we go with the lone wolf in a, uh, would you say lone wolf in a pack of fake alphas? Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of fake alphas. They're all management. We know this. I know this. I just got out of it too. Been in it plenty They're of times. They're all binos. <laughs> Albinos. Oh. Uh, I think that it's the ones that protect you. I've had a very few managers that have protected me. And mm. when they do, you get a much better sense of that true uh, alpha versus a fake alpha. Because then it's a pack. Like I protect my employees. Um, and I had several managers, I experienced the same kind of thing you were explaining. We had a training store, so all the managers would come through. And in two years, I think I had six managers come through and they would just bail on through three months to get the training and go on. Uh, but there was a lot of that asserting dominance, I guess, mm. fake dominance, even though it's real dominance because they are your manager, but. So it seems like toxic masculinity is very much apparent. Like when a joke becomes a dad joke after being a parent. 
Oh. Ow. <laughs> oh, Johnny's bad. You're kind of right there, though. But as I was saying, there is toxic masculinity in the managerial standpoint of retail, which shouldn't be okay. If someone like an employee signs a paper saying they're going to do what's needed to help get the job done for your company, they should be treated and compensated as such. But as Josh pointed out too, just because you have a title that puts you above others, that doesn't mean you should abuse that power and claim everything you say is right. Right, Trump? (laughs) (laughs) Respect your fellow workers and they will respect you. Act like an overly entitled brat of a boss and your employees will not care for you. Again, it's, it's like the wolf pack. A bad leader gets greedy and mean, creating animosity in the pack. A true leader tends to the whole pack's needs and leads by example, thus inspiring them to be better themselves. Toxicity does not lead to triumph. Hello everyone, Square50s Guy here. If you want to be the real cat's meow, be sure to support Sexy Dad Jokes. Head over to our website, sexydadjokes.com, to stay up to date on all your sexy dad jokes needs. Listen to previous episodes, read the blog, or just enjoy the true art that is Sexy Dad Jokes. We also have our episodes on all your favorite podcast streaming services, including Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. Also, be sure to follow us on all your favorite social media sites. We're everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, heck, even the morning paper. Just look for Sexy Dad Jokes. And if that wasn't enough, on our website you can buy merchandise. We have everything to have your Christmas tree be the punniest pine tree in your neighborhood. Spoil the kids with phone covers and t-shirts. Satisfy dad with a mug and letterman jacket. We even have socks and fanny packs. And let's not forget masks to be the trendiest family the world has ever seen. So what are you waiting for? Support sexy dad jokes now. Quick question. If it's called a website, where are all the spiders? So we looked at toxic customers and toxicity in retail management. But there's a bigger issue of toxicity when looking at consumerism as a whole. Just recently, there was a resurgence of what I believe Josh calls pandemic panic shopping when the coronavirus numbers started spiking and another set of shutdowns were looming. Everyone was charging to the stores and buying as much food, wipes, and yes, as much toilet paper (laughs) as, as they could haul. Completely unnecessary in nature, but it happens. And most infamously, we had this same pandemic panic happen early in 2020 when people were buying everything off the shelves in preparation for the worst. And once again, toilet paper was a major victim. Uh, it's crazy how you have these customers just being these like savage animals fighting each other over like simple commodities. Mm. You know, all of them just act like freaking Vikings <laughs> and pillaging every store that they can so they can be safe this pandemic. 
even though they are allowing others to have what's needed for, to be safe themselves. But what's funny enough is that while there are plenty of people buying for themselves, there are those who think they can be helpful by actually buying toilet paper, then handing it out for free. There was a video I saw a while back uh, about a limo driver in Indiana who bought a bunch of toilet paper and was giving one roll of it away to anyone <laughs> who drives by. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Huh. Now, that may seem like not a bad gig, but if you're buying a crap ton of toilet paper crap ton. just to give people one single roll per car that comes by, there's a bit of confusion there. Uh, people, no doubt, need more than one single roll of toilet paper per household. And I understand that it was scarce back then. Not me. I can stretch it out. I bet you can't. You use your <laughs> finger half the time. I've had a single pee. I have a single toilet roll since May. <laughs> That's what showers are for, Murders. You take a lot of showers, don't you? A lot you of like, showers. You like separate the ply. Yeah. <laughs> I separate the ply <laughs> and carefully. Now, I thought you were in the Navy. I never thought you were stationed in the desert. So. Yeah. Because my understanding is when you're in the desert, you wipe your hands with the uh, sand. Oh, the magic of four-ply Oh, my gosh. Okay, fine. (laughs) Whatever. We're going back to this. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't help it. But not allowing people to have enough to get them through one week by just giving one roll to them is kind of pointless. If you want to help them, but you really aren't. But hey. At least people are paying attention to you and your limo company. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess one one roll doesn't seem like enough. Although, try telling that to someone who's stuck on the toilet realizing they're out of TP. That's like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're happy with just one sheet, just something. Listen, I go to the store and I bought a pack of napkins because that's what they had. <laughs> three, three sheets three sheets. In there. <laughs> don't flush those things yeah. that's bad news but but for real though that's like, that's an interesting alpha male example there Mers. like why not just let people buy the toilet paper they need for a, a week instead of you buying all the tp and slowly diluting one roll per household when they they definitely need more than one roll like you want people to respect and love you for helping them but if you're going to give anything away, give a family a whole pack of toilet paper so they can survive a friggin' week with it. Not just like one roll that that's going to, for them to all fight over, you know, and for Johnny, one roll, he goes through one roll in one sitting. So one roll every <laughs> eight months. <laughs> a real man doesn't need to ask for attention and respect. A real man receives it from random acts of kindness that will, help all, but in, in meaningful ways and not just ways that are going to get them on the nightly news. Yeah. What's funny. It's sad is that this guy was saying, I'm trying to make the world a better place. I'm trying to help the world. Well, Hey, if that's the case, uh, like you guys said, uh, give more. I mean, Ben, you've got two kids and I have a household of four people, including a little sister. And we definitely need more than one roll of toilet paper to get through the week. Mm. So if you want to help the world, why not give out whole, you know, 12 packs of toilet paper to give for free? Or better yet, just let the people in your community grab what they truly need and don't buy it all just to try and look like a hero. 
Mm. Speaking of heroes and toilet paper, I'm sure there's a Captain Underpants reference in there somewhere. <laughs> <Tra-la-la>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy to see how people can get so hostile and negative about having a simple thing like toilet paper. That's that's that scarcity mentality we talked about uh, in a previous episode with, with the Cage Wolves, episode one. And so when you see a Costco chat out there growling for a bottle of hand sanitizer, hmm. that's, that's a fake alpha striving to be an animal in a cage and holding that up as masculine behavior puts all of us in a cage. And this is happening now during a time of rampant consumerism during the holiday season as we're all out there uh, trying to, to buy stuff for each other. And, you know, it's the sentiment of like, you're in the holidays, the the holiday spirits about giving with giving to each other. And, uh, but there we're sort of caught up in this system of, of consumerism Mm -hmm. and, and you can sort of lose yourself in all that. And so people can get really greedy during what they might consider, uh, desperate times, you know, holiday season during the pandemic, right? That mm-hmm. they forget about the importance of unity, that we all got to be in this, the importance of having enough to go around for everyone. Throughout this whole pandemic, everyone was tossing around this saying, we're all in this together. How can that be if everyone is having this like all for one and none for all mentality? And we've actually seen some positive examples of people helping each other out during this time rather than clawing each other's eyes out so we can grab that last scrap. Mutual aid networks sprung up all over the country with neighbors there to help each other in need. If we truly want to be all in this together, we need to be more generous in our personal purchases so that everyone can get a fair piece of the pie. Or I guess in this case, rolls of toilet paper. It's just such negativity over stupid toilet paper. Like, where's the positivity in being greedy? I actually uh, have a rather serious question that I want to address with y'all. Oh. At last, Mers, I applaud you for your courage in, in speaking up. Let's see that you finally grasp the somber nature of the situation. What's up? Why did the toilet paper get stuck crossing the road? Oh, <laughs> why? Because it got stuck in a crack. <laughs> oh, no. 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 Oh, uh, oof, you got us. <laughs> Way to wipe away the negative vibes. Just be careful now. <laughs> when it comes to these jokes, I'll be just like toilet paper. How so? I'll be on a roll. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, what's this? Here it comes. From the infamous online studio, not in Hollywood, it's The Price is Wrong. Benjamin, come on down. Judge <laughs> Baz, come on down. <laughs> Michael Mares, come on down. You are the first contestants on The Price is Wrong. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Good luck, good luck, good luck. 
Thanks for tuning in. Let's get this show started with the first prize up for bid today on The Price is Wrong. First up, it's a roll of toilet paper. Ooh. Ah. This object of obsession for many a panic pandemic shopper offers versatility to your bathroom. A sanitary way to wipe up after taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Whoever bids closest to the actual retail price without going over wins. You first, Benjamin. What do you say? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Higher. Lower. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I got it. I got it. I got it. Three tackles. Huh? Yeah. Three tackles. That's that's how many times I had to take down this guy who snatched my TP from me at the grocery store. <laughs> Okay, not sure if our price screen has the characters for that. Oh, okay, I guess we can accept that answer. How about you, Johnny Spaz? Well, I thought a lot about this, Richard. Uh, my firstborn child. Oh my, you're coming in hot there, Spaz. How about you, Mers? 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 No. Oh, what? No, no, he's. Did he win? Did we win? No. He's using the toilet paper oh, on stage. To a Johnny Spaz. <laughs> Give me that toilet paper. I got a <laughs> He killed Grogu. <laughs> Baby Yoda. To our studio audience and to those watching at home, on behalf of The Price is Wrong, we offer our sincerest apologies that you had to witness that abomination. We cannot support that stance we just witnessed. <laughs> Let's take a break to hear from our sponsors. I I just hate to see what they would have bidded for hand sanitizer. Everybody knows Plinko is the best game on The Price is Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gang. We just talked about the pandemic panic shopping and how consumerism and greed are, are thriving during it. But I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the dreaded Black Friday. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so everyone is familiar with insanity that is the Black Friday shopping craze. Stores opening at stupid early hours, crowds forming in the masses to get inside for that one special deal. Consumerism at its finest. But while it may seem like the shopping frenzy would be good overall, it doesn't come without its harsh downsides. Some people are late to the shopping party and can't get that one thing they wanted to get for Christmas. Like these unfortunate victims of Dwight Schrute from The Office. I bought out every store in the area over the last couple of weeks. And as lazy parents become more desperate, 
I will sell them at an enormous profit. Isn't that right, princess? That's the Christmas spirit. I am simply punishing those parents that would wait to the last minute to give their child a gift. And such a genetically improbable one. Look at that. How does that happen? The king has sex with a unicorn? A man with a horn has sex with a royal horse? Oh, yes. hey, is that Princess Unicorn? I thought they were all sold out. They are now. Cool. My horn can pierce the sky. Belly dancing. 120, 180, 200. All right. Thank you so much. My daughter is gonna love this. Oh, so glad I could help. Thanks. Merry Christmas. You too. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-ka-ching. Dwight buys up dozens of these princess unicorn toys to price gouge parents. And he sells them for 200 bucks a pop. Mm. And for, for Toby, desperate for Dwight's last doll for 400 bucks. But some might call this clever. Some might call this toxic. What do you think, listeners? I think it's uh, just interject. I think it's a bit of a <laughs> stupid in every single way, shape, and form. It's scalping at its worst. I mean, mm. it it wouldn't be so irritating if it wasn't something that we're dealing with right now, currently. I mean, you know, it's been all over the news about scalpers and you know people stealing stuff from Amazon trucks and. Mm-hmm. selling stuff on third-party sites on the internet for like triple the money. I mean, for God's sakes, that's what's going on with the, you know, we have all these new game consoles come out for like 500 bucks and all these people are buying them like, like Don't that. forget the package pirates. The package pirates too, yeah. And then they're just, you know, selling them for upwards of $1,500 when they were initially retail charged for 500, you know? And it's because of all these flipping scalpers. It's... Well, ridiculous so for me i guess i blame both like it just seems silly a you're buying it your child something that is purely uh consumer uh material item right mm-hmm. whether it's tickle my elbow or x station or uh play box or whatever it is that they're going to say that they're going to buy for their kid and i know i said all those wrongs intentionally but the point is you're taking advantage of somebody's like the people that are buying it for $400 or $200 are way too much. What are you doing? Why are you spending that kind of money? Shouldn't you just be spending time with your kids and not worrying and not teaching them the consumerism? But uh, that's me. I don't know. I, that's just my thought. Yeah. And it's also very reminiscent of the uh, alpha in captivity behavior of hoarding mm, exactly. all the resources. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, scarcity. And scarcity on, on something that doesn't matter. Now, when it comes to masks or it comes to, even toilet paper to a certain extent, but certainly like uh, medical or hand sanitizing. It's a little bit different than a tickle me eye my elbow. So I got plenty of toilet paper growing on my tree out back. That makes a lot of sense why you're so irritated. I know, right? I can't hardly sit still. <laughs> What's crazy is just how crazed people will get. So with the holiday madness, some end up, you know, spending more than they probably should. Mm-hmm. And there are some who, have it even worse. Like in this uh, New York Post article, and the title just simply says, Black Friday's most gruesome injuries and deaths through the years. Sunday, oh Sunday. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Most gruesome injuries and deaths through the years. Yeah, wow. Uh, th- and so this article talks about these troubling examples of people who suffered physically at the hands of Black Friday. The article reads that, quote, between 2006 and 2018, 
according to the hustle, 44 Black Friday incidents in America left 11 dead and 109 injured, Ah. including one man who brought home a shattered hip after being shoved into a shelf of cut-rate presents. There's even an entire website devoted to tragedies on the commerce holiday called Black Friday Death Count, which documents <laughs> some of the worst melees. Wow. Yeah, I actually looked at this uh, this Black Friday Death Count website myself. Uh, the numbers have actually increased since this story was published. So there's actually been now 117 injuries and 14 deaths. Jeez. This website, it's got this, you got to see it, it's got this huge list of incidents that happened on Black Friday across the world, actually, not just the United States. Uh, throughout the years to as early as 2006. And you've got everything from people, uh, including employees, uh, being trampled to death at the opening of establishments. The, you know, there's stabbings, fights, shootings, even suicides. It's, it's horrifying seeing how people can stoop so low as to taking other people's lives over meaningless bargains. Mm. I mean, these are human lives that are ruined or taken away just because someone had to have that one TV, had to have that one parking spot, had to have that specific thing. You know, it's disgusting. It's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. I completely agree. Disgusting. I mean, let's, let's look at some of this. Uh, 27-year-old shot to death in a parking lot, uh, mm. one dead, two wounded, including a 12-year-old girl uh, in Alabama mall shooting. A San Antonio man was shot to death while helping a woman being beaten in a Walmart parking lot. I mean, I'm a firm believer in the Bill of Rights, First Amendment, Second Amendment, so on and so forth. But this is just this year on Black Friday. Two were shot and killed at a Sacramento mall. Mm. So this is classic Dominic behavior. Consume as much as you can at any cost. It's a sense of entitlement that the world is yours to consume. It's violence as an indicator of power and incredibly toxic behavior. Yeah, it's just ridiculous how, you know, what's more important, a pair of socks or a person's life or someone's future? I think in some cases we know the answer, the tragic answer to that. Yeah, no kidding. It's consumerism. Yeah, Mm -hmm. consumerism certainly at its worst and taken to an extreme. Like a snake eating its own tail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> We're all shooting each other. How are we going to buy anything? It's flat out greed brought to the point of violence. You know, greed brings out the worst in really anybody when it comes down to it, unfortunately. Selfish versus selfless. Mm-hmm. I don't understand anyone shooting anybody for anything other than, oh, my life's in danger, somebody else's life is in danger, and yep. they're not the person that's wrong here. Um, yeah, protect self, protect others. Right, mm-hmm. in the Guardian situation. Yeah. There seems to be a pattern in themes this episode. And thanks for uh, for sticking with us. This is a this is a monster episode, but there's you know a lot of important stuff to cover here. We've seen a lot of examples of pure unadulterated greed. Greed in the ways of corporations not wanting to adequately pay those who help keep the lights on. Greed in the ways that people want to behave in the way they want to behave, have things done the way they want, and in the end, get what they want. Greed in the ways that 
The minute a dinner bell is rung, human safety and human lives no longer matter. As long as you get that one deal, you're willing to have others die for. You know, speaking of speaking of greed, uh, what do you call a greedy lobster? <laughs> I don't know what shellfish. Oh, <laughs> you're a shellfish. That's a shellfish lobster. <laughs> Why was the greedy baker unhappy and tired? Why he always needed a lot. Oh, he needed a lot. Oh. Oh. Zing! Zing! <laughs> Greed is a very toxic piece of toxic masculinity. I understand wanting to grab the things that will make your loved ones happy and safe, but it is it truly worth hoarding everything so no one else can survive? Is it truly worth killing someone? Because they were in the way of you getting what you want. Yeah. That's not a manly way of thinking at all. We need to be setting examples for others on how to live better. Be generous to your neighbors and fellow man. Take only what's necessary for yourself and those you love. Be considerate of the needs of others and learn to accept that sometimes it's best to let things go before things get worse. A human life is more important than a TV or sneakers. A quality of life is more important than a secret stash. Unity and generosity are key to not only a good life, but a healthy form of masculinity. So do you think they have like the same kind of cultural problems in England that we do here in America? Yes. This topic on this topic. I mean, yeah, I really dislike greedy Brits. You know, if you give them 2.54 centimeters, they take 1.60934 kilometers. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> you do math dad jokes. Oh no. <laughs> Metric system. Dude, really? Come Dude. on. Don't go base. Oh my God. Okay. Don't spaz. Don't be giving, and talk about math. You know, you know how much I hate trigger denometry, okay? Trigonometry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 why don't why doesn't Ace Hardware sell six by six by sixes? <laughs> <laughs> why? It's the lumber of the beast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Woo. Uh, All right, we covered a lot today, fellas. Toxicity exists everywhere, even while you're shopping. I just wonder if Square Fifties guy ever found that fruitcake. Honestly, I don't give a shit if he did or not. Hey, watch that language there, or else you won't get a piece of that cake. Oh, <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> I'd like to thank my crew here for being on the show today. Special thanks to our, our very special guest, Josh Richards, Woo! for spending time Yay! with us. Josh! Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening and supporting our, our little show here. Happy holidays. Be safe. And we'll catch you all next time. Any final words, gang? Speaking of time, did you guys hear about the greedy clock? Mm-hmm. It went back for seconds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey there, Josh. You want to do a favor and smack Johnny upside the head? Oh, goodness. <laughs> ah! I got bad touch. So I do have a, a serious question here at the end before we close out, y'all, if you don't mind. Oh, no. uh, why does Tinkerbell check where goods are sourced? No, for context, why? <laughs> she can only exist in fair retail. Oh, fair retail. Come on, let's pay our front line. Let's pay our essentials. 
what they deserve. Yeah. Let's have some fair retail. Seriously, though, fair retail. Retail. Okay, Ooh. folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace. We did it. Wow. Jesus Christ. Holy <laughs> moly. That was a marathon. <gasps> All right. Wow. Yeah. You just completed four hours of recording. How do you feel? I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> do what you love. Mm. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, great work. Yeah. And that was awesome. Thanks a bunch. Peace. Job, everyone. See you later. You create your reality. Unique New York. Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips. They're not oh, the MERS. The MERS will deliver. Oh, Open yeah. Mouth farts. This is a, uh, we're instituting a closed mouth policy around MERS. <laughs> well, nobody said I had to wear pants. Oh, my. <laughs> woof, woof, okay. woof. That dog does not like me. He is hearing something out there. Marking territory. I'll be right back. I'll be left front. Now watch him go out there. You dog, shut your mouth. Murs is trying to take a shit on script. Johnny, keep your clothes on, please. What happened? I saw your belly. It was gross. Oh, sorry. I just got done with my starfish. <laughs> hey! Thanks for listening to episode three of Sexy Dad Jokes. Please like and subscribe and visit sexydadjokes.com and get some merch. Until next time. <laughs>